Girls Gone Wad. This is Joy. This is Claire. And this is episode 266. This episode is sponsored by a new sponsor. Yay. It is unpluggedfloatessentials.com. What is this, Claire? No one's heard about this. We're like bringing you guys products that you haven't heard of on other podcasts because let's be honest, you don't need another something like Casper other. mattress. Casper mattress. You only need one, in fact, most likely. <laughs> so Unplugged Essentials is a CBD hemp bath soak product. They are really, really great. The CBD and hemp that they use is actually um, a water-soluble powder rather than a CBD oil, which is what most... In fact, all other bath soap companies are using. And so they're the only ones that use the water-soluble powder. And so that allows their product to be more bioavailable um, so because it can be more readily absorbed through the skin and also allows each package to be consistent as far as potency and effectiveness. You guys have probably heard a ton about CBD, whether or not um, cannabis is... It's all the rage is, work it's, for recovery. It's all the rage. Whether or not cannabis is legal where you live, CBD is legal across all 50 states because it's the non-psychoactive compound of the cannabis plant and is actually derived from the hemp plant, not the cannabis plant, like the marijuana plant, um, which, surprise, are two different things. So... When you get this product, it comes with a full third-party lab report about exactly what's in it. And so you can verify that there's no THC, nothing sketchy in there. You're not going to fail a drug test if you <laughs> use this bath soak. Um, but it's so thing, funny because this is when we were in Venice too, CBD was in everything. Everything. They're doing it in coffee. They're doing it in shakes. Oh my gosh, because it. people in Venice put and they put it in everything but yeah so so these are amazing bath salts and I like to uh I consider myself a bath connoisseur Claire I didn't know if you know this about me I'm a bath believe it or not Joy we all knew that about you yeah okay great Joy loves bath products they're mm-hmm. her favorite thing yep um so if you guys are unfamiliar with CBD it is you know really great for pain relief anti-inflammatory it can help you um with your anxiety it can help you pretty much just calms your system down in all the ways. And so if you are somebody who it's like a perfect for an after workout soak, highly recommend. They have a couple different products that you can get that have different essential oil blends in them. So it's not just CBD, it's also other complementary yes. essential oil blends. So go to unpluggedfloatessentials.com, use code GGW for 10% off and give it a try. What do you got to lose? This is just such like a fun new product. We're excited to be kind of diving into the CBD world because it is such a hot thing right now. And we know that you guys are probably curious about it. So this is the perfect exa- perfect way for you guys to try a product. You don't have to ingest it. Some people are nervous about ingesting oh gosh, CBD. No. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly you're not eating bath salts. No. I'm pretty sure that's like code for some like scary drug. <laughs> yeah. You might be on meth if you're in feeling Yeah, health. don't eat the bath salts. <laughs> that is a drug. This if is you not- go out and kill your neighbor, you may be ingesting <laughs> yeah, didn't I? Okay, let's not talk about let's that. Let's not go there. Yeah. That's a bunny trail we should just nope. avoid. Nope, Um, Go to unpluggedfloatessentials.com. Use code GGW. Support the podcast. And let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think. I did try the bath uh, salts and I had a really good night's sleep. I'm not sure if it was a coincidence, but I slept really well. And just so you know, it's called the Pond Soak, which is just the, like the raw blend. They have a night soak, which is lavender, queen soak which is cypress, and the king soak, which is eucalyptus. So I also like the names of them too. So thank you yeah. in oh, advance. There a, hold on, there was a fun fact about that. What? Um, that like why he, oh, he, why named, he named them him after all of the chess pieces is because Ooh. she thinks like the, the founder sure. named all the different product lines after chess pieces because chess is a very mindful 
activity and you have to be very present for it. And so he wanted to like invoke that when thinking about the use of this product that you have to be very present and mindful while you're using it. Wow. I love that. And I love I know, the owner, right? by the way. I know. So BTW, cute. BTW. Love BTW. The owner. Guys, in case you haven't noticed, we don't work with companies. <laughs> we, we don't love the owner. We work with the coolest people. Yeah. If we don't love the owner, we're not working with these it's people. Over. So yeah. Thank you in advance for supporting the podcast by supporting Unplugged Float Essentials.com. And the discount code is GGW. This week on the show, we have Noelle Tarr from the Well-Fed Woman Podcast, previously Paleo Paleo Women Podcast, and they have a new book out, Coconuts and Kettlebells, which you can now get on Amazon. And it was lovely talking to her. We We talked about a lot of really cool things. We talked a lot about the book, but we went into some typical Joy and Claire discussions and Noelle just jumped right in with us. So... Um, hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation, a lot of good information, and please order their book and support them as well, because I love these two. They've been podcasting with us since the beginning, so I kind of have I a special like place like, in my heart. Yes, I feel like they're like our podcast sorority sisters. They really are. They really are. <laughs> Go check out the Coconuts and Kettlebells book. You can get it on Amazon as of August 7th. It has been released. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can go into a physical bookstore and buy this if you so choose. I know it's a shocking new thing that people are doing. Actual books? Um, what? Yeah, and we hope that you guys love this interview. All right. Noelle, thank you so much for joining us again. This is like <laughs> this is like me saying, can I just come please hang? Will you please have me on, my, on your podcast so that I can just come hang out with you girls? <laughs> like... <laughs> Thank you for having me on your podcast. No, it's so great. We're really excited. excited. And it's we're good. so, so excited for your book. And literally, I was like looking through your book and I was like, I want to write a book. This looks like so much fun. Well, that was I my first. Yeah, that was my yeah. first reaction when I when I saw you guys were writing a book. I was like, or wrote a book, I should say. It was. I know this sounds so cheesy, but I'm like, how do you do that? That's so amazing. First of all, to do it alone. But you guys did this together. Yeah. That was super fun. And you guys get it when you have somebody as a like as your teammate doing something, you get so much more stamina and excitement and you can bounce ideas off each other and you can split the work and it makes such a difference. And that has how I think how the podcast has gone on for so long for us. You know, we've been doing this, you know, just shy of four years. And I can't imagine having to do everything alone. And so being able to translate that to the whole book pub- publishing process was was super cool. Like it was just fun to, because you know, things happen and then you start complaining and you know, like, like, oh, that was terrible. Why did they suggest that? And you get to like commiserate together and, and, and so you just don't feel alone. Um, and it, Amen. So it was way cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know cool. how. I don't know how all those solo bloggers out in the world do it because it's so much more fun. And I feel like it keeps you sane to have a buddy to be like, was that person serious? Why did they send us that email? Or like, did you read this comment? What the F? Or like, wow, this person's amazing. And you can actually like talk to someone about how amazing people are or how crappy they are. Yes, that was exactly it. So I would be more than happy to help you guys publish a book. Awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, it would be. And you you think that you don't have a lot to say, but then you really figure out you do. Like, it was a little bit nerve wracking for us to be like, oh, gosh, what are we going to put in a book? You know, it was like, what hasn't already been said? But when you start writing and you think about the things that you want to share with the world, a lot comes out. So well, you have so many years of content, you know, you have all these years of content that you've done. And if you think about it, I mean, a book probably feels like a blip on the radar. Yeah, it does. And it, 
and it was, I mean, it was hard. It was, I'm thankful because we worked with a publisher that did allow us to put a lot of content in, but even so there's still a lot that you don't get to put in. And, but I feel like we really did a good job of taking a lot of the questions that we get with the podcast and, turning that into a book, turning the podcast into a book form and keeping it simple. I'm so sick of like <laughs> the like 824 rules you have to follow in order to implement like X, Y, and Z diet. And so it's like, let's just focus on the big picture stuff, more education about food in general and how to figure out what foods work for you and how to figure out like what macronutrient ratio is going to work for your body. And like tell people in a very easy to understand way, you know, how to, how to, create a plan that works for them. Like just strip out all the, the bowl, you know? Sorry. I don't Probably. know so if I'm allowed to say, finish you, that one. You may. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what was the, what was the process like for you? Like, did you guys just one day, like was creating a book always in the back of your mind? Did you just kind of one day put your flag in the sand and say, we're doing this? Like what, what was the experience like? So Stephanie has written a book before and she always regrets that she is not a cookbook author, doesn't create recipes because because cookbooks sell. And so she her dream was always like to find somebody to write a cookbook with. And I saw this cookbook, uh, a, a couple, like two friends of ours had written a book together and I screenshotted the cookbook and I sent it to her and I was like, this could be us, like just a Skype conversation, just joking. And she's like, no, I'm serious. I want to do that. And I'm like, Okay, well, let's explore. So we we just then talked to another blogger friend of ours that had just published a book, and we said, "Hey, what you know? What was the process?" That she had she had self published and published with a publisher. We're like, "Hey, what's what's the process? What did you do?" And she was like, "Well, you really need to get an agent, and before you get an agent, you need to come up with a complete concept. You need to have a complete proposal to be able to present to an agent, and I'm not going to give you his information until you submit that to me." And I, we were like, "Okay." So we were like, "Challenge accepted." And from there, it was just like we took the next step it was like let's get together and brainstorm let's give this a name let's figure out what's our dream book and we just kept kind of moving forward and two and a half years later we have a book so yeah it, it was no, <laughs> just no pressure at all from that first person <laughs> I know, right we were almost kind of like cool like that was pretty like yeah but I respect you like that <laughs> Right, okay. totally. Yeah, it's I like a kick that. in the yeah. pants. Yeah, yeah. Noelle, I want so to uh, get to the the content of the book and everything, all the beautiful things that are in it. And Claire and I have been perusing through it, and it's fantastic. Um, and there's a couple things I want to mention about the book specifically, but I can't help but uh, I point out how important it is. And I think there's just a special place in my heart for you and Stephanie, because I feel like we're, we're the OG podcasters in the world. Um, you know, like I, I've you been following, guys are. I've yeah, been following you guys, you guys really since are. like, since day one and I've been watching your journey and I just think it's so cool that, um, I think Claire and I can relate specifically to the relationship that develops. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's so important yeah. to have like your podcast bestie and how, you go through that together. I can't help but feel like that is such an integral part of this book is that you have that dynamic that shines through this yeah. product you put together. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have, uh, you know, have experienced this too, but I learn a lot from Stephanie and I think Stephanie would say she learns a lot from me as well. And so even though like we don't, she's obviously in a com 
completely different country. She's a, she's across the, the ocean <laughs> in London. No, well, she's in Oxford now, but she kind of bounces back and forth between London and Oxford. And it, it unfortunately means we don't get to like hang out a lot in real life, but we get to support each other in not only business, but also just like navigating this whole health and wellness space, which has really come a, come a long way in the last few years. Oh, it really has. Um, even since like you and I, we've us four have gotten into podcasting, like so many amazing things have happened. I think, I think it's really come a long way and there's been a lot of positive shifts that we've been able to observe happening, even not just in society, but like within our own selves. And I think it's really cool to live openly. You know, it's hard sometimes because you say things and you're like, should I have just put that on broadcast? But um, I think it's really cool to see, you know, the community get to know us, but then also to see us morph and change over time and us to learn from each other. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really fun. So. And what was the uh, inspiration to changing your name? Because you were previously (laughs) Paleo Women Podcast and then you changed it to Well-Fed Women Podcast. Because we're not paleo. Yeah. I mean, I figured that that was a change. Like, that's the thing. Claire and I talk about that all the time, too. And I Uh can totally relate where you're putting content out and you're like, wow, we used to say this and now we're saying this. And there's a part of you that's like, well, not everything is going to be the same all the time. So you evolved and you're like, okay, this doesn't really fit our title. So we're changing the podcast name. Totally. It was just, we were get like, we had labeled ourselves and we were too short-sighted with it. And it was really a product of trying to name our podcast based off of our community and what we felt like we were part of. And Stephanie's blog is still called Paleo for Women. And so... Um, we just were kind of like, well, we're sort like we got started in paleo, but then we weren't really paleo. And so we were just like, let's be paleo. But like, it was more of a marketing strategy because we identified with that and we knew that community was going to really love our message, but we wanted to invite them in and then <laughs> teach them new ways, you know, be like, Hey, paleo is really cool, but also you can eat carbs and rice is, is pretty cool too. And so it was just like breaking down a lot of these rules so to speak and and trying to get people to see like hey trust us because we're the paleo women podcast but also understand that you don't have to be paleo to be healthy um and and as that message evolved and morphed even more we realized that it was now becoming limiting to us and people were not going to find our podcast if we were called the paleo women podcast um and so we just decided we had to change um so yeah, we did, and I and I am so so thankful that we did, and I and I get a lot of people that come to us a lot that say, you know, I would not have found your. I just realized now, you know, you were called the Paleo Women Podcast as I go back into your archives, and I I would have never found you if you hadn't changed your name. So that was that's been pretty cool to see. Yeah, and I have to hand it to you yeah. too that uh, I love when you guys. Well, there's just been a lot of fads that have come and gone, and I mm-hmm. love that you're constantly just like this is you know, against what everyone else has been told, like maybe the big names out there, and I won't name names, but there's, you know, a lot of, especially male dominated uh, <laughs> opinions about diet and exercise. And I love that you two are just like, no, this is completely different for women. And this is why yeah. And here's the research behind it. And um, a lot of women, a lot of women, and we hear from it, we're not even like, specifically talking about diet and exercise on our podcast every single week but we'll hear from women about the stress they feel from all the messages they're getting and they feel Mm -hmm. the pressure to have the right diet so Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that this is where the book comes in (laughs) 
Um, so let's I just talk- have to tell you this this funny little story yeah. because I have done CrossFit. Um, I did CrossFit back in like 2008 for a few years and I had this great gym and it was when pale before the paleo, you know, I I think that CrossFit was, you know, very married to the zone, but then it was really married to paleo specifically my gym was. And so it was before Rob came out with his book, you know, we were talking about it Mm -hmm. and the dude that owned the gym, it was like, we would talk, he would do these nutrition consults and it was like (laughs) very, this very limited thing. It was like. (laughs) eat like I can't remember it was this one sentence that was like little starch no dairy no you know grain um handful of berries macadamia nuts or something like that and like that was his recipe for every single person in the gym to eat and I look back on it and I and I guys I tried so hard I thought that that was like the solution sure that was the thing I needed to be eating like salads and a handful of macadamia nuts and he he always was like all you need are like three blueberries you don't need to be eating all this fruit and it was you know that was like he was so set in that and I'm sure to this day he probably still is that way but it was like that was the thing and then of course a year or two later intermittent intermittent fasting came in so then it was like we're all crossfitting eating three blueberries and not eating until 3 p.m and so of course we all had these issues you know we're all like like just dreaming about food and like binging at you know whatever our intermittent fasting window opened up and then like waking up in the middle of the night like shoving (laughs) your head in some ice cream you're like i can't handle my life right now what's wrong with me i'm so not like what was like i just can't control it i'm just not you know it was like you're something was wrong with you so yeah it's so frustrating it's so frustrating because those messages are like first of all what is what do we feel like is wrong with us that we have to follow some like crazy diet in the first place like I feel like most for the most part well we're, we're all walking around feeling feeling okay yeah. like you know what I mean right. so I think it's just so funny that we're all kind of trying to jump on this like quote-unquote right diet but yes. um okay so yeah. talk a little bit about the book and just um you're you know leading in with the the intro you have a lot of exercise moves and recipes and um just tell us a little bit about what you guys were going for yeah so what we're going for is basically teaching people how to create a personalized like food and fitness plan. So we do go over um, some information about food quality, which I think is a is a huge thing. I think a lot of people just don't have concrete, helpful information about food quality. And so it's, we kind of talk about just how to navigate that space, how to look for foods, you know, include foods that are nutrient dense into your diet and really focus on inclusion rather than exclusion. And then we do talk about, we dip our toe into macronutrients. And so the whole concept, which was to, um, Stephanie came up with, which is just brilliant is setting macronutrient minimums. So instead of creating all these limits and like, you can't eat more than 20, you know, five grams of carbohydrates a day, it's, you set a minimum intake, which we've created these minimum minimum intakes that fit the general population best. And then from there, you get to decide if you want to eat more fat or you want to eat more carbohydrate and how much more protein you want to add based on your, basically your exercise habits. And so that, to us, that really gets people out of the mindset of, I need to be always reaching these specific numbers or I need to always be eating less and pursuing less and pursuing less food and less carbs and you know all the things limiting 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 and it gets people thinking about how can I create a plan that is right for me that's right for my body 
and makes me feel really good. And I like it. Like, that's also important. You know, like, I like the foods that I'm eating. And so that's kind of our our whole thing on nutrition. And so we do have two meal plans. We call them ones for a bread lover, ones for butter lover. And one is, in other words, it's higher carbohydrate and the other one is higher fat. And we, um, you know, teach you about mindset, which I think, of course, is my favorite stuff. But, you know, trying to really break down some of these, I don't know, more pervasive hangups that people seem to it, go through, which, of course, I've experienced them all. But, you know, having that wet wagon man, man, mentality um associating morality with food. So really, you know, seeing foods as good or bad. And, and, um, and then I do have a lot of great recipes and um, a whole fitness section. And and in the fitness section, I it's kind of the same thing as the as the food. It's, you know, figure out what works for you and what fits into your life. And I think a lot of women get hung up because I, you know, I've gone through this experience in the last year, especially after having my daughter, it's like, a we get we wrap our identity up in a very specific way of doing the fitness and especially now like I I do think that the CrossFit movement has done awesome things for um the fitness industry at large but I think that now people have this idea that they need to be doing like really high intensity stuff all the time and you really don't you know and you can have seasons of course like I am a huge fan of of high intensity workouts but I haven't done any in probably the past year and a half and Mm -hmm. that's fine you know there's you have seasons of doing that and you have seasons of not doing that and and so I think a lot of women struggle with when they go through these seasons of not doing the high intensity stuff or doing CrossFit or doing whatever it is that they've defined soul cycle as like, this is fitness. They feel like they're not doing fitness. They're not taking care of themselves or they're somehow getting set back and fitness morphs over time, just like food. You know, sometimes we eat higher carbohydrate. Sometimes we eat higher fat. Sometimes we feel better eating, um, you know, whatever crackers and cheese. And it's just like, you kind of have to go with the flow. And I think that we have to start doing that with fitness too. And going with the flow of our body and what feels right for it. And also like what fits into our, our life, because I think that a lot of women know when you are running a business and or having a baby or, you know, working really hard in your job or going through a lot of personal struggle, you experience you're experiencing stress and sometimes adding or like you're having sleep issues, a lot of like chronic sleep deprivation. And then you try to like add like calorie restriction and high intensity workouts on top of that. You're just you're just lighting that you're, you're taking a match and putting it on, you know, whatever, a whole thing of gasoline and you're, and it's, it's going to explode in your face. And, you know, I've been through that and it sucks and I don't want to do it anymore. So yeah, it's exhausting. Um, I'm, I'm done. I'm really done trying to find my identity and my worth and like, you know, what it is that I'm doing for fitness. And it's been a really cool learning experience this past year to just be like, I'm going to go for a walk and that's going to be it. And I'm going to prioritize sleep and my sanity at this moment and not try to wrap up, oh, I should be doing X, Y, and Z because that's, you know, what it means to be fitness. And it's it's been a, a really cool experience, I think, too, because, you know, as you guys are, too, like I'm sort of a fitness professional, so to speak. You know, I, um, I'm a personal trainer. I help people with their fitness. And so it's kind of funny when I'm like, I'm not doing fitness. You know, of course I am in my own ways. I'm doing personal training. I'm doing walking, but by all intents and purposes and according to people's, um, you know, definition, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not. So I do talk about that a lot in, in the book and just changing people's concept of exercise is always this and saying, you know, what are you going through in your life and how much should you be resting? I always tell people to err on the side of more rest than not. Um, and, and how to create a plan that really works for you and works in, in your life. And it, and I do focus on kettlebells cause I love kettlebells. Um, I mean, my blog is coconuts and kettlebells. The book is called coconuts and kettlebells. So the the workout plans are very specific to kettlebell use. And I have short workouts. I have long workouts. Thank God for my husband. Cause he was the one that tested all the workouts because I just was not in a place to do them. So oh, thanks, um, husband. Yeah, I was in my third trimester of pregnancy, but yeah, I just, I was not feeling it, did not, not even interested in trying, pretending, so he tested a lot of those workouts, and it's just, it's, it's been a really, really cool experience to kind of be able to put all this stuff that's in my head and, and get it out on paper and then help people, you know, again, pursue fitness with a different mindset, not, not defining it in one specific way, so. Yeah, and I think the well, I know the pendulum is swinging because for the longest time we were focused on doing the correct diet and the correct exercise. And uh, I think the message was the hardest exercise was the correct exercise. And I think the pendulum is swinging to the other side now. Thank God that we are doing too much. And I know you mentioned that in the book where you came from the camp. And I think a lot of people have the camp of some is good, more is better. Um, and it's just not working. And by working, I mean, we are exhausted. Um, you know, whether you're aiming for some sort of physique, that's a whole nother issue. But I feel like just as in terms of health and wellness, it's not working. We're not feeling healthy and we're not feeling well because we're so tired and mentally exhausted. And we're telling ourselves, oh, I didn't wake up and do this workout today. So I suck. So um, I'm so glad that you guys really take this approach, not only in the book, but in your podcast. And I, you know, I hear it every week and I love it because I feel like I hope that we can continue to focus on that message. Um, mm-hmm. And I love too that the book really focuses on eating at least like the minimum, at least 2000 calories a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so I'm going to read yeah. something really quick, if you don't mind from the book, it says, uh, oh, yeah. you've likely been told your whole life that you should eat no more than a certain number of calories a day. Wherever that number came from, it's likely always been in the back of your head. For years, you've idolized being able to maintain a specific calorie intake with ease. 1,600 calories a day, 1,400 calories a day, or the magical 1,200 calories a day, which, by the way, is the recommended calorie intake for a (laughs) (laughs) three-year-old. Um, so I, you know, just going through that, making the 2000 calorie day minimum work for you. I love that word minimum Yeah. of just saying like, this is what you need to hit on a minimum as opposed to you can't eat more than blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys get a lot of backlash about this, but like we get a lot of questions from people that do not understand that are, that are literally eating 1200 calories a day. I just had a question a few days ago that was like, I've, I'm eating a, like my Fitbit tells me that I only am burning 1700 calories while doing a lot of workouts. And I'm trying to eat below that so that I lose weight, but I've gained 10 pounds. And so she's eating, you know, 1500 calories a day while doing pretty high intensity workouts five days a week. And it, she can't wrap her, I mean, people cannot wrap their brain around the fact that you might need to increase your calories, you know, and that could help the situation, you know, that could bring your body back into balance. It is so hard. It's one of those concepts that is just like, 
it women cannot get past it because for so long, for so long, they have been told that they need to cut calories or eat, you know, 1600 calories or eat 1200 calories. And in the book, that's why we said, it's like, where did this number even come from? For a lot of us, right. we have no clue. Look at we the, don't even know where it yeah, came from. I mean, listen, this is all a mental game. The, you know, everything yes. is in their head and their body is smart. Our bodies are so freaking smart. So we're doing this diet based off of our mind when our body is the one that's you know, driving the car. <laughs> and so I think that that's where we're totally, totally misinformed is everything is being told off of this. Yeah, I get there's good information out there, but whatever number we hang on to in our head for whatever reason, and we're focused on these numbers that we quote unquote burn, which I also think is a myth. Like if it's totally calories in calories out, then people would be, mm-hmm. you know, withering away in front of us for people who are running marathons. But like, I just feel like we're doing this based off of this obscure number. We're making up an head we're doing everything from our brain as opposed to letting our bodies drive the ship and i don't think people even understand how that feels they don't they're not tapped in or tuned in to their bodies anymore so i love that you guys continue to have that discussion now when people i know but i know people are still writing in every week with these very similar (laughs) questions so um you know for someone who's saying well i'm doing all this exercise or i enjoy all this exercise um you know but I'm still hung up on, I can't eat more. I mean, it's just, it's infuriating. Yeah, it, it is. And I, and I understand, like, I feel like as I feel the pain that people feel when they're like, I cannot eat more. Like my, I, I don't feel, what if I don't feel hungry because your satiation signal, like your signaling can just get totally, you know, diswired and sure. you have a, people have a hard time now. And, and that's one of the things too, with intuitive eating, a lot of people are like, I have no clue what I would want to be eating. Like, how am I supposed to like figure out what my body needs, you know? And so like a lot of the, that intuition signaling, all that stuff's been kind of just shut down and ignored for so long. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I understand and I feel the pain that people feel. Um, you know, I'm personally a person that's just always like, I feel like I'm just always hungry and I eat all the time. And, um, but Stephanie is the opposite. She is like somebody who really struggled in the beginning with the whole intuition thing of like, eat, eat what your body wants. And she was like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I don't ever really get hungry. So, um, I think a lot of times it's just like, (laughs) And this is what I had to tell myself a lot when I was trying to cut back on the amount of exercise I was doing was trust the process. Mm -hmm. Trust that your like the information that we're providing you is sound and trust the process of just slowly eating more and and see what happens and start taking steps to kind of listen to your body and figure out and experiment. And you know what? You can screw up and it's okay. You can eat. Like, I think the whole thing with intuitive eating is people feel like, well, what if I eat too much beyond my intuition? And it's like, you can do that. It is okay. You have not done anything wrong. You're not a bad person. You can eat more and you can just move on. You know, it's, it's a learning experience. You don't, you know, next time maybe you, you try, you eat something else or you eat a little bit less than what you ate. And so it's, it's all just a learning experience and nothing is bad. Nothing is wrong. You're not, you're not committing a crime. You're not doing anything wrong by not, you know, doing it according to X, X, Y, and Z rules. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, the mantra that I came up with, because what was yours again? You said, oh, trust the process. Mine was, trust the process. Yeah, my, for me, letting go of that was, um, your body is smart. Your body is smart. Like your body knows better than Ooh, your mind. So, I like that. That's something that I always think of is if I'm like, you know, not, because it is that routine of like, well, if I stop, quote unquote, burning all these calories, which is so stupid, but I'd be like, okay, so, uh, you know, what is that going to do for my body or my weight or what have you? And I was, I was like, yeah. you know, I, first of all, it was exhausting. It was just getting so tiring. So I was like, okay, I'm done with that. But to, it's easier said than done. So the, the mantra yeah. was just trust your body. Your body is way smarter than your brain. Um, you know, I, know, I love that. So, I mean, I know br- the brain is a part of the body, but you guys get what I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah, it's just I like, know. Too, like <laughs> we, we talk about this a lot that people think that if they make one wrong move or, you know, not even wrong, if they step outside of the lines, all of a sudden they're just going to be huge or they're going to, you know, it's like the same kind of thing where people say, oh, I don't want to lift weights because I don't want to get bulky. I think (laughs) it's kind of that same mentality behind it where it's like, you're not just going to wake up one day and be the Hulk. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, there are so many and if it did, it would be wonderful. Like half of us would be like, yes, thank you. Finally. But <laughs> like, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, you know, unless you truly have like a serious food allergy, in which case, obviously there are different rules that apply to you, but like, it's, you're not going to have one meal or one day or even one week or one month where all of a sudden at the end of that time period, everything has gone to hell. Right. Like there will be moments and days along the way where you can take a look at yourself and say, this is not the direction I want to be headed. This is not how I want to feel, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, great. Good information. Now make new choices. But yeah, I just think people are so concerned and have built up in their minds. Like, you know, you like that kind of phrase, like falling off the wagon, like it's just very all or nothing. Yeah. And that's not how life is. Like life is not all or nothing. You can kind of dabble here and there and you can, like you said, you can experiment, like you can have trial and error. That's how we all learn and not be so filled with fear that like at any moment you're just going to, the phrase that I always use, and I'm going to horribly offend someone someday with this. It's like, you're not going to have to get forklifted out of your house. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like, yeah, I don't know. Like it's not going to get to that point. And every, your, your family is all of a sudden you're going to hate you. And uh, you know, it's like all those things. The thing you said is fear like that to me, I guess I never really thought about it, but yeah, I mean, it's the root of that is fear. And I always say the root of it is shame, but it's also just fear. It's like, we fear the whole process. We fear people's judgments. We fear, you know, I don't know, you know, our worth no longer being wrapped up in, in our, what our ability to manipulate our food and fitness and, yeah. Well, it's just something to base our our, our uh, progress off of, right? So, but it's gone horribly mm-hmm. wrong. So, like in the book, you yes. did you do have a a part which I love. Just being a therapist, I love that you have a part uh, portion talking about supporting mental health, and that you mentioned there is no wagon, so there is no falling on and off or wa- a wagon. But I think mm-hmm. we we want something to anchor ourselves to, so it's easy for us. I can see how people get tied to it because it's a way to kind of measure progress, quote unquote, right? So you can like join your gym diet plan or whatever if they do a challenge you can do something with your with your gym group and everyone checks in to see how good you did and if you ate all the food you were supposed to eat so I can I get I get there's gonna always be people who write us and they're like I can do this just fine I don't have any issues with it yes that's wonderful that's great what we're talking about is just saying that if you fall off this wagon that you're a bad person or that you you failed at whatever diet you jumped on 
Yes. Yeah, there's something in the book that I talk about called the shame cycle. And it was something that I realized, like I kind of came up with because I realized that was happening in my own life. And I 100% understand that a lot of people don't experience this when they make changes to their food and fitness. And in fact, I have a lot of clients who I would help and, you know, shift their diet. And it would it would result in great things and they liked to be tracking things. So I'm not saying that this is, you know, necessary. This is necessarily everybody's experience, but for me and for a lot of women, especially those of us who grew up just immersed in diet culture, we would, you know, I would, I found that like, I would, I would, I would be told, you know, I, I believe something about myself, whether, and for me growing up, it was always my abdominal area. I always wanted a flatter stomach. I always wanted six pack abs. And so, you know, I felt shame about that. And a lot of that shame came from magazines or TV shows I was watching or whatever. And, you know, I'd feel that shame. And so I'd take action on that because shame is a really powerful motivator. And I don't, and you know, people don't want to feel that, you know, it's not fun. And so in order to remedy myself of that, to get rid of that, I would <laughs> decrease my calories and try to run, you know, 10 miles and try to keep that up every day. And I did a really good job of that because I was a high school student and my body was invincible. Oh yeah. And so yeah, like, all day like, long, I'll go on two, so 10 much miles. Stuff. Yeah. I'll run yeah. 20 miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. You know, I was just not injured. I could do all these things. And so I was stuck in that, that, you know, doing that, doing that over and over again. And I would resist, resist, resist. Let's say for me in high school, it was really resisting sugar. And so I resist, resist, resist until you know, we all have lived in this situation. The more you resisting something, the more you you've designated as bad and off limits, the more you think about it. And at some point you're going to quote unquote fall off the wagon and not be able to maintain the restriction. You know, you're going to have a wedding or a party or your sister is going to make a wonderful trifle and you're going to, you know, you're going to find out that you're going to fall head first into it and you're going to eat that whole trifle. Sorry, my sister loved to make trifles. And so, you're, you're eating that and then the next morning you wake up and you feel extreme guilt. You feel terrible about yourself. You feel shame and the whole thing starts over again. So it's it starts with shame. Then you start, you have to do something to remedy that shame, which is got to really restrict my calories or I got to get into the gym and work out, you know, and I got to, you know, make changes, make changes. And and you're going to fall off that wagon. It's, it's going to happen. And because, you know, that shame cycle is all about living in this all or nothing mentality. It's when you fall off, guess what? You, you get right back on, you say, oh, I'm going to get back on the wagon with more restrictions and I'm going to run 12 miles tomorrow. And it just keeps spinning. And it's like this, it's, it's a cycle that just never stops until you decide to get off of it. And a lot of getting off of it is deciding that there is no wagon. There is, there is life. Like life is a journey. And so you have to make decisions about what's going to be great for you long term. But if you decide to eat a cookie or have some trifle, yes. you can get up the next day and just say, that's fine. You know, there's like no wagon. There's there just is life. no wagon. Yeah. Like, so you're it, just in it all the time, no matter what. There is no on or off. <laughs> so you're life. just walking on the path. Yeah. yeah. And here's yeah. my plug for people listening to just because I have to say this, but if you find yourself unable to get off of that cycle that truly is eating disorder behavior and so we all I can think we I think we can all agree we've all experienced a flavor of it but if you truly feel like that is not something you can control just by hearing our voices say these things um, you know there's there's help and we can post uh, links to we've done it in the past 
trust, um, how you can seek help on your own to continue to work on that relationship because it is really, really hard for some people to just break that. Um, so I don't want to downplay that at all, but it's really, it's, mm -hmm. it's real. It's real for so many women. It's real for so many women. And also <laughs> while I'm at it, just please don't feel like you're a failure if you do need to seek help because it is a tight grip and it is not easy to just let go of. I wish I would have like sought out some help because it would have, yeah. I would have gotten out of that cycle so much faster yeah. than I did. Like I was just stuck in that and it took a lot of self-discovery and working. I mean, I just, I remember thinking to myself, sitting in my room and thinking, I, I am, this is going to be my life. I'm always going to feel this way. And I would, I couldn't talk myself yeah. out of it. I could do all the research. I could tell myself, Noelle, you're crazy. What are you doing? And it didn't matter. I was just stuck in it. And I mean, it, it took a while and it took a lot of internal, emotional, mental work and help with, you know, friends and family. But I was able to, and it took a lot of, you know, pulling back the curtain and seeing where is the shame coming from and why do I find my worth in how I look and what my body looks like. And I will say a lot of it is diet culture and a lot of it is what you're exposed to growing up and you know how your family interacts with food and fitness. But there's also more going on. It's it's there's, you know, a, a bigger emotional piece going on as well. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. 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 Uh, so, okay. So let's see. Um, what else was I going to, I was going to mention something else as far as your, I just love that you're always talking about eating more carbs. And that's something that really rings true <laughs> yeah. when, when you're, um, especially on the podcast, I always, the, there's a couple things that I love. Every time I listen to your podcast, I can always guarantee you that Steph's going to say eat more carbs. And I'm like, I love you so much because that is, she'll, she'll always just be like, my guess is like at the end of the day, almost every question ends with, I, you know, just eat more, you guys just Try eat more. To eat, like just eat, eat more carbs. <laughs> It's all, and, and okay, to be truthful, like we understand that low carb diets are, are very helpful and people sure. feel great on them and like more power to you. But a lot of the questions that come in are women who are maintaining very high loads of training or breastfeeding or pregnant. And they're like, I feel terrible and fatigue my thyroid, this and, and it's like, eat more and, and, and up your carbohydrate intake. And the re they're, they're lowering their carbohydrate intake because you know, the keto diet told them to. And, right. and so they're, you know, or whatever, somebody told them to yet they don't, they're perfectly healthy, don't have any metabolic issues, but they're going to do this. And so that it, it's, a, that's a lot of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then something, <laughs> I, this is totally off track, but I will, I will totally forget. There was this one time that I was just like, this is such a cute little moment of their friendship, because I think it was right after you had your baby and you were saying something, you're like on this little potty cast and Steph, oh, God. Steph, Steph goes, so how long are we going to be calling this a potty cast just so I can prepare myself? <laughs> and I just like, thought that was the funniest Sorry. moment where she's like basically saying, I hate that term, but I love you so much that I'm just going to like, <laughs> how long just... are we going to do this? Yeah. I don't know. I was in another world after having Stella, but it, <laughs> I just do these weird things with words and it comes out in weird times and yeah, pops to Stephanie, props to Stephanie for sticking it out with oh, me. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm a lot to you handle. You guys are the best. You guys are the best. Okay, so tell me a little bit about this four by four. Explain this to the listeners in your book. Yeah. So as many of you know, um, there are foods that can potentially be problematic and um our whole goal is to show people how to figure out what foods are problematic 
and what foods might be the cause of symptoms they're experiencing. And so our approach is, look, gluten could be causing a lot of your digestive distress. It could be causing your IBS. It could be a trigger for Hashimoto's, which is a, a thyroid disease, but it is not bad. And it is not something that you have to, you know, strictly avoid because it's bad. And if you eat it, you are bad. We want people to see and experiment with these foods and say, okay, if I take this food out, I feel a lot better. So if I eat it, there's no, I'm not a bad person. It just means like, I'm not going to feel very well. And I think we've all made those decisions where we've been like, yeah, I'm not going to feel good, but I'm going to eat this. And then we get to move on. And so it's, it's really an experiment of let's figure out what foods for, there's four major foods for four weeks, take them out for four weeks and see how you feel. And then we, I created a reintroduction protocol just to help people know how to reintroduce foods very in a very specific way to figure out, is this food the cause of X, Y, and Z symptom? And so it's very basic. It's very, it's foundational stuff. It's not Whole30-esque, nothing wrong with the Whole30, but Whole30-esque, Whole30 is like, here's the thousands of foods you you have to be, you can't eat. Um, and our, our I, I kind of wanted to be a little bit a step back from that and say what are the big things here like what are what are the real major hitters that we can that when people remove these foods they're going to really like they're going to be on the track to to pretty darn good health and so it's just gluten dairy which are really two of the most allergenic foods and then refined sugars so like you know processed added sugar to foods and then vegetable oils and so it's just teaching people how foods affect you, how they make you feel, whether it is blood sugar issues, whether it is just general fatigue, um, or it's a trigger for your autoimmune disease. And then you get to decide lo long term, how are you going to integrate that food into your life, if, if at all, and, and what that's going to look like. And so we do give some insight on, you know, making that, those, like taking that information and making sustainable changes with it. Now, might I uh, comment too that I love the visual recipe index in the back. I, I, I fought really love that. It. I fought for that. Did you like, really? This is what you're going to do. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it They're so like, much. What are you talking about? I'm like, this is how it's going to work. I like found it in other books and took pictures and had to like, like make it out to be what I wanted it to be. And they were yeah. like, okay, we I mean, just yeah. so the listeners know what I'm talking about in the back of the book, it's an index, but instead of just the name of the recipe, there's a little tiny square is almost like a Instagram size profile picture of each meal, each recipe yeah. they have in the book. And it's like, oh, I, I love visuals. It's perfect. Y'all, I hate, I hate flipping through recipe books. I hate it. I'm like, where is the stupid recipe that I am looking for? Yeah, and and I just never want can find the picture it. of it. You don't know yes. the name of it. You're like, that's what I want. Yeah. Like, like meatballs. And, there they are. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. the avocado butter. I'm just looking through this and I'm like, oh my goodness. Avocado butter. That was inspired. Do you? I'm sure you guys know Alton Brown, um, the Food Network guy. Maybe oh, not. Oh, yeah. Claire probably does. I don't. Want oh, okay. I, yeah. I I fully know. Yeah, my husband's like obsessed with all like food chemistry, so he's very yes. Brown. Yeah, he's like the food chemistry guy. He had a recipe for some sort of like avocado butter, and I started making it and making my own renditions. So that's all inspired by him. But yeah, it's a it's a really cool oh, cool little gosh. recipe. Great yeah, the recipes. On. Just look amazing. Yeah, they are amazing, and you know what? It's because I got a great photographer. Yeah, I did not the pictures take those are pictures. Beautiful. Yeah, I paid somebody to do it. Yeah, so I know I know what I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at. 
Just to name a few. Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, apple <laughs> avocado chicken salad, mango jalapeno salsa. I'm just bouncing around here. Uh, apple chicken skillet. That was like the first thing that caught my eye. I was like, that yeah. looks so, that's like, looks like something I could do because I'm, I'm not that good in the kitchen. Uh, Thai <laughs> coconut curry shrimp, uh, dark chocolate mug cake, las- lemon raspberry mini cheesecakes. Stop it. Yeah. So beautiful recipes. Do you have a favorite recipe in the book? Um, Ooh, that's a, gosh, that's the first time I've been asked that question. I think maybe top three enough, that you make. How about that? <laughs> oh, I need the book in front of me now. Um, <laughs> so my my most favorite is probably the the Thai coconut. The, it's like a shrimp curry that's just made with with coconut milk and shrimp. And I had never done anything like that homemade, but I had started experimenting with it just because I wanted to put something in the book. And that is what I wanted to be on the cover. But my publisher was like, people don't like seafood and so you can't do that and I was like what but um so it's Thai coconut curry shrimp that is probably my most favorite and it's actually really simple and I still make it all the time um and then my second is those almond shortbread cookies because it's really like four ingredients and they're like really good and they're like there's not a lot of stuff in them like I just to me it's all about creating recipes giving people recipes that they can make for like all of the allergy needs because um, now, especially as having kids, it's like, I, I, I don't like kids come into my house and I'm like, do they have any allergies? Cause I know like peanut allergy and stuff like that's serious. And people are oh, like, yeah. we can't send anything with tree nuts with miles to school. Oh my gosh. Like, tell, let me hard. tell you how many times I've like just about sent a bar with, you know, a cliff bar or something just cause I'm like, crap, what do we have in the house? And I look in the back and I'm like, great. Oh. Can trans peanuts? I'm like, ugh. I mean, I roll my eyes. I I don't want to, like, I know, like you said, not allergies are so, so, so serious. And, like, I'm so glad that I don't have to worry about that. Yes. But it is, it can very, be really overwhelming when you're, like, uh, or, yeah. Or I've been on, like, backpacking trips where you split meals and it's, like, okay, one guy's a vegan, one person's full paleo, <laughs> yes. another person. Yes. And you're, like, okay, we're all just eating quinoa. Yes. <laughs> like, I hope you're fine with that. Don't eat rice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and I tried, so that's why I did a lot of the labels too, because it, and I, and I was so set on coming up with a pancake. The other one that I love is it's like a coconut flour, just pancake. And I wanted to come up with something that was just not like so heavily, like stuff that wasn't so heavily nut based. There's a a muffin recipe that does not use a nut flour um, because I just wanted, I just wanted to give people options. You know, I I know it's a struggle and I know people genuinely don't want to have these allergies. Like I have family that is just like, well, I'm allergic to these eight things. And so it's really hard, you know? (laughs) So I tried to, I tried to diversify and not discriminate. Was that the pumpkin muffins I was just looking at? Cause I was like, I am pumpkin pumpkin breakfast muffins look like I would eat those every day for the rest of my life and be so fine with it. They look so I made those 12 times because it was coconut flour sucks. It's really hard to cook with if you're experimenting. So I made those 12 times and we had a bunch in the freezer. And so after Stella was born, I was eating pumpkin muffins for quite some time. (laughs) Do you have any other, I really want to hear uh, like any other like outtake book outtake. Yeah. Book outtake. Cause I know there's probably a lot of rules you have to follow, like things that you're just like, Oh, like what surprised you about (laughs) making the book that you were like, Oh man, that was not I don't want to throw my publisher yeah, I know, under the bus, but, no. but I will. <laughs> I, I said, gosh. So I'm like, some points I got some of the book back and I was like, 
is a 12 year old designing this? Like, I just, I could not believe. And so like, I, I would email her and like, I'm pretty honest. And so this is where a teammate comes in hand, comes in handy because I would lay into Stephanie and be like, what the hell oh, is going on? Oh my gosh, that's like on? me and like Claire talks me off ledges. Yeah, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. It looks like somebody, like, okay, so if you can imagine designing like workouts, like a complete disaster. They had taken my workouts and like just moved around the stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 like that's not how that works. And so I was like, if you're editing a, a fitness book, like, don't you think you should have some knowledge, some ex maybe you did a little bit of research. And so I was just like, so Stephanie would be like, just assume positive intent. And, and I'm like, okay. So then I would, you know, send an, a nasty email off and be like, what are you thinking? Look at all these, you know, edits that you need to do. And I'm sorry, but this is not how like recipes should be built. And the cherry on the top for me was when they sent us the cover, it looked like something that they had they had done in like PowerPoint or Microsoft Word, which no shame to PowerPoint. Like I, I do things in PowerPoint, like Strong From Home is a, is a PowerPoint program, but um, it, it was terrible. And so we were so astounded by it that we actually sent it to a couple of our designer friends and they're like, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> What's going on here? So I actually had to draft up covers because I was so set on like a very specific you know, way of it looking, I had to draft up covers and send it to them. And Stephanie was really funny. She kept fighting for me in that. She's like, I think we should just use Noelle's cover. And the whole purpose was not for like them to use my cover. It was for them to create a cover from my concept. But Stephanie didn't quite get that. Like she was just like, let's use Noelle's cover. And um, so we ended up having to have our photographer retake um, photos two times. Like I had to go back to her and say, no, this still isn't correct. Like, can you make it again? Like we're really shooting specifically for the cover. And this was like literally a month after the cover was supposed to be done. And I was like, no, it has to be further back because it's supposed to be this plate and we need to put text around it. And so it was just sort of like we were on the wire of trying to find this work on this cover. Um, I think that that's the one thing that, that not to, didn't disappoint me, but I didn't quite realize I'd have to be like really involved with the process of designing and finding a cover and all that stuff. Because I think, you know, being in this internet world, we get it. We know like design is really important and like, I'm not going to take anything that I don't love, you know? Yeah. So it was just a lot of back and forth and and my snippiness did come out and I do regret some of it. Like my, my publisher was always very agreeable and was like, well, we are going to make this work. We hear you clear. And I was like, you know, trying, you know, really trying to like pet my head. And like, I was like, okay, I felt really bad. I'm sorry. I just blew up, but it, I'm not blowing up, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, when you're doing something like that, you want it to be perfect. You're putting something so yeah. important out into the world and you guys have done such a good job with this. So I, I can understand that. It's just the pressure. And it's also having a, a kid has totally changed my life and it's, I suffered a lot postpartum. I really did. It was not a, a very cheery experience. And um, and so I was really going through a lot of that stuff. And then you have, and and I think it's always hard to delegate. Um, and so I, like, I had decided like, oh, great, the publisher's going to take care of this. And then when it wasn't, it was, it was a little bit of like, I was mad about it. <laughs> you know, I was just frustrated. Um, but it ended up being like literally turning out like I couldn't imagine it being any better, which is so relieved, like such a great 
you know, place to be at. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, now you can celebrate and do your yeah. book party. Um, yeah. I also want to end off of this wonderful thing that you said um, about just about the book. It was in the um, kind of like the Q&A section for the, uh, the, the public publicity uh, is, is your plan is very much about recognizing your body's needs. How do you know it's working or not working? It's simple. If you get better, it's working. And if you get worse, it's not. So mm-hmm. the thing that I just want to re- reiterate to our listeners and to everyone who's going to get this book, which I hope is everyone, because it really is wonderful information, especially for women, and uh, is that it really is simple. And it takes a lot of time and patience and patience with your body. And I think we have to make peace with our body and make patience with our body. So I love that this is uh, really supporting that. So where can people order the book and also pimp your event in DC? <laughs> pimp it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um so the book is basically anywhere books are sold. I think the easiest place, the most the most the place that most of us shop now is Amazon. Um but it's just the book is called Coconuts and Kettlebells, but it is, you know, at most bookstores as far as I know, uh Barnes and Noble all this stuff. And um, my website is Coconuts and Kettlebells, so most of the information is there. Um, and we're doing a launch party in D.C., which thus far has gotten quite a few RSVPs, which is kind of surprising. And I, I know you guys have done, like, live podcasts and stuff, but it's super nerve-wracking <laughs> to think about, like, it's is anybody so going to show fun. up? When like, we had our first in-person event, literally three people came. Yeah. <laughs> and we were, like, we had, like, set up the whole gym. Like, we oh. fully were... <laughs> Like everyone, like we were, we were gonna like craft, like literally everyone had their own like 10 foot table to craft. <laughs> I love that. So ever since then, we're like, please just someone, co- uh, or, or we're always like, let it either be no one or like 50 people. Yes. Because like, it the yes. worst is when it's like five people. Because if it's no one, no harm, no foul. You get to hang out with your knows. friend. You go Nobody home. even knows. Yeah. You go get drinks. Everything's fine. If it's <laughs> like 50 people are. 20 people great everything's great if it's like five people then everyone's like knows yeah, <laughs> yeah. then those five people are like ew why did so we yes we totally we totally feel for you it's so nerve-wracking you're like please just somebody come yeah, anybody i always say that on all of our events i'm like someone just please show up i bet you guys are going to be packing the house i wouldn't even worry about it but i think that's really exciting i wish we could fly out for it because that sounds like so much I, fun i just i was just sitting here thinking about how i wish we were closer so we could support yeah, each other I know. um your crafts you can just facetime us in and just set us on the counter (laughs) (laughs) but so stephanie is this is another pressure point is like stephanie's flying in from the uk for this and so it's just as like i hope it goes well but i did get i did require people to rsvp so it's it's basically it's at this um local bookstore one more page books in arlington virginia which is just outside of dc it's really easy to get to from the metro and also the highway i live 20 minutes from there so it's very convenient and for me and um and yeah we're just gonna hang out and like have cupcakes and guacamole and chips and sign books which we decided we're just gonna end up for like nobody wants us to sign their books we're just gonna draw like roxy symbols in your book um because, you know, that's, I know how to do that really well because I wanted to be a surfer when I was younger. But shut um, up. I love that that's yeah. your secret talent. <laughs> I, I like rock, I can draw a Roxy symbol. So we're just joking around, like we're going to just doodle in your, in your book. But yeah, it's just going to be fun and exciting. And, and I do, I have like 
40 or 50 people that have RSVP. Let's, you know, we'll see how many people actually show up, but I'm, ex- I'm really excited about it. I, I, yeah, if you can come, we'd love to hang Aww. out with you and you, you guys know how fun it is yes. to hang out with your community. It's like when you get to see the real people listening to your stuff and like consuming your stuff, it's just so rewarding. And, and yeah, yeah. it's like, no matter how many comments or emails or amazing things you get, there's still this moment when you see people in person, you're like, wow, people really are there. Like yes. this is real. People are impacted by this. Yeah. There's really like, it's, the, there are some moments where I am in shock that anybody listens to our podcast other than like my mom. And <laughs> then when we meet people, I'm like, this is awesome. So yes, it's like, yeah. it's so unique and it's such like a, um, yeah. I hope anybody listening who's ever like been on the fence about going to a live event, please go, please oh, go because yeah. it's so meaningful to, for us. It's to so just energizing. Have that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we don't and get I have to, to see say, people. I have to say, it's not just your mom. It's definitely your mom and me. <laughs> like I have, I have started listening to you guys and I love you too, because here's the thing. After I had Stella, sorry, th- I always talk about my, my experience with having my kid because it literally uh, like changed my entire life never okay, apologize just, for that like, well I had a kid but after I had her I had this like I I feel really bad saying this but I I have my airpods in a lot and I listen to podcasts a lot to to like stay sane <laughs> love mm-hmm. my kid but it, it in the beginning it was like I had to have human conversation oh, they're that relentless I, mm-hmm. that Children I could just are- relentless yeah yeah it, it was it was very hard especially in the beginning and so like I would just wear my airpods a lot and when I was just going through the mundane tasks or even when she was just screaming and screaming because she had colic it was like I just I just wanted somebody talking you know and so I started listening to um, a lot of different podcasts but I love your podcast yours is definitely one that I listen to because and don't take this the wrong way it's not like like, mm, let's talk about gut health. And it's not like educational stuff, which I think that there's definitely a place for that. But sometimes I just want like real conversations oh, that's that all I can we relate are. to. Yeah, no, yeah. we we were the, will be the first to say that we are not, we are the least sciencey fact-based yeah. podcast. No, I don't, we just, I just want, don't need yeah, that anymore. No, we need, not... we need you to be our girlfriend and we need you yes. to pull up a chair yeah. and join us and just chit chat. So anytime you guys yeah. come up, I'm always, yep. That one's next. I love it. So I love you too. Thank you. Well, congratulations to you both. We feel like we're just like proud parents of like fellow podcasters being like, this is so exciting for you. Proud like podcast sorority sisters. Yeah, sorority sisters. (laughs) I will say this publicly too. Publishers are really big on podcasters right now. Hmm. So, Hmm. So if you ever have, you know, a desire or you just want to explore Look, I will help you. Look at Noelle putting that you. out into the universe publicly. I love air, that. You just totally air. outed that. She's like, yeah. I'm just going to make sure you guys have they this. Are, they are all about some podcasters. So, you know, you know where to reach me. Okay. All right. Well, with that, listeners, you guys know where to find the book now. Please go to their live event in DC if you can make it. That would be wonderful. And send us some pictures. Uh, with the new fabulous book and uh, hopefully Noelle drawing some boxy symbols in your book. (laughs) All right. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.